Hello and welcome to episode 299 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Good evening, sir. Hello, Colin. How are you? I the last am... one before our momentous milestone. Oh, before, before 300, when we all need to watch 300 and talk about it. That's, that's <laughs> what we're doing, yes. We're talking about 300, yes. <laughs> um, it's 299 episodes. It's, well, um, we're heading for the tricentennial, would you call it? Is that right? Yes. That, that was that makes, yeah, that would work for me. Yeah, yeah, try to just buy and yeah, that's right. yeah, that makes try, sense. Try, try some anyway, I'll go with that. Yeah, I'm going to copyright that shit. Right, right. You, you're the first <laughs> year. I don't think you can copyright maths. So I'm here. I don't think you can do that. <laughs> I can do maths either. So we're all safe. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So 299. Um, heading for the big one next week. But um, pleasant night in Glasgow this evening. Um, how's it over in the, the Shire? It's very grey, very dark, big black cloud sitting just, I can see it out my window, so I feel we're going to get a downpour at any moment. Yeah, water's going to explode at any point. It does, it has that. <laughs> about it. it's, very, it's a very oppressive atmosphere right now, so um, I'm, I'm a bit concerned, to be honest. Um, but yeah, not the, not the best night. Hopefully it'll brighten up over the weekend, Colsey. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it will. I think someone's, someone's trying to get into it. It's poking its I'm an old man who wants to sit in my garden now. That's all I want to do in life. I don't want to do anything other than sit in my garden. So I don't want to so as hobbies there. go, that's a, that's a damn good hobby. It's not bad. Nice book, nice garden. Happy Can I imagine you with a rocking chair, shotgun in the lap, you know, just, just shouting at passers-by and <laughs> setting the dog on them? Go, it's not, it's not 100 <laughs> miles away from what my life would be like. Because <laughs> um, what are you drinking tonight for? Um, very, very generic. I'm drinking Bud Light. Um, just g- generic, um, nice and easy drink, um, and that's also the only thing I've got in the fridge. So <laughs> you can't afford anything else right now. Uh, it's abier. Daily alcoholic. Without this, or like you know, prison moonshine, you're gonna have toilet <laughs> vodka basically. I could try that. <laughs> you seem like a man who could try that. Yes. Uh, I've gone slightly different. I went for hopple. Oh, I do. Oh, Hoffel's nice. I like Hoffel. That's not a super strong one, though, is it? You get, cause... No, there's, there's a two of them. We've got one that's Hoffel, it's like 6.5, and this one's yeah. a Hoffel. And the Impaley one, it's only 4%, so that's why I went for this one. Mm. But you're right, there is like one of a, I think it's a yellow label it's got. Yeah, and it, it and kicks it's, your ass. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit heftier, so no, I didn't want to go for that one. That seemed a bit too much for me. But that's a really nice drink. I've had that plenty before. Very refreshing um, on, a, on an evening. Yeah, yeah, because it goes down easy, too easy, perhaps. Yeah. But, I think just, you know, used to do it on pints at um, Raven. They did, aye. Because um, remember one time we sent Mr Gilby to go and ask for a, a hip-hop potmus. And I we not a hip-hop it, was called it was called like... Hop-a-potmus, wasn't it? Hop-a-potmus or something? Yeah, like, and he called it a hip-hop potmus. Because yeah, we were, so we were lampooning Flight of the Concords. Um, so yeah. that, that was our adventures. We were so wild back in the day when we were kids. Yes, we would have fancy <laughs> beers and that was, that was a very I mean, I mean, nice life. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so maybe maybe they'll have it on the on the bar when we put it up there next week. Maybe that that'll be the, the beer of choice next week. Just like um, reliving past past years. <laughs> okay. be, You'll be on the cold town most likely, won't you? I will be on the cold town. So if, if it's available, I will drink it. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Well, let's move on, Colin. I know you. Were, I know we're a bit. Well, both of us are pretty much like uh, the week has kicked their ass this week. So we'll we are old and tired, sir. We're old we and tired right now, yeah. so <laughs> we'll, try and get, we'll be a bit quicker tonight than we normally are, probably. Um, so start with some non-cinema viewing. I'll start first. I've got a very quick one to talk about because um, I haven't seen any cinema this week, so I can't really catch up on any old cinema stuff. But 
an old film I watched this week. I text you about it. I sat and watched the Twilight Zone the movie for the first time. Uh, did you get my reference that I texted you back? I did get a reference from it, yeah. yes. Very good. What did you think? I liked the first story is the one with Vic Morrow. Is that the helicopter? The Nazis? Yeah, the Nazis. That's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. I like that. That's kind of yeah. something I like. Twilight Zone, I enjoyed those stories. Yeah. Um, but it is hard to disassociate from it, you know. Yeah. Because like, yeah. you, you, you know, know. he's yeah, he's fucking head chopped off by a helicopter. Yes, essentially, yeah. yeah so, um, <laughs> Which, if anyone's listening, I was thinking what he's talking about. Um, Vic Morrow's a famous actor from the kind of seventies, eighties, and yeah, they were filming the Twilight Zone. Yeah, Jeff was his and they were filming the Twilight Zone movie, and some mad accident happened, and they basically got decapitated by a helicopter blade. Which how is, he was, well, how many somebody else got the young child get decapitated? Like I get crushed, I think was it by the helicopter? Insane. And said, I, I, think, I think it crushed the director, didn't it? I think he was fucking, my God. Well, I think Landis, although he got let off with it, I think he took a brunt of the blame, because I think he oh, was yeah, yeah. like sort of like um, labour laws and stuff like that, to have kids yeah. on set at night and stuff like that, and yeah. safety was sort of not adhered to very well. But I think, reading upon it, apparently him and Spielberg didn't, haven't spoke since, and they were quite really? close. Spielberg blamed him for it. Yeah. And I think also George Miller walked off. He, he didn't complete his segment. And he left it up to Joe Dante to complete the editing on the. Um, oh, the yeah, that didn't work. Uh, whether what happened on the on set. But, um, so, but horrific thing happened. That's oh horrible. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was the first. What was the next segment on? The next one I didn't like. That's the Joe Dante one about the cartoon character, the kids. The, the that was kids. that's a strange one, isn't it? Not it's, that one. Didn't yeah, really buy, didn't really buy I one think that one it off. feels really dated. That one as well. Even back when I see, I mean, I watched this when it. Kind of was a fresh movie yeah, back in the eighties, and yeah. even then it was kind of this feels dated. So I don't yeah. imagine that aging too well. That one as well. No. What did you find that one? The, um, so that so that's the third one. The second one's a Spielberg one about the um, oh kick the can, kick the can. Uh, yeah. Your man, the Scatman oh, Crawls is it? Scatman Crawls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it was very Spielbergian. It's very sweet. Charming. It, it's, yeah. It's less Twilight Zone. It's it's not got really got a, a scare kick to it. It's just sort of. It's just it's, it's just a fantasy, isn't it? It's just like this yeah. sweet warm fantasy. You're like, oh, it's, it's the kind of like cocoon kind of that kind of vibe. Cross a wee bit like kind of almost kind of green Miley a little bit with the fact that it's the old man and stuff and like sort of had a wee bit of kind of almost that level of um, Stephen King vibe. Yeah, a little bit. yeah. Um, so I liked that one, but it was it was a bit it was a wee bit too saccharine. Almost you know sometimes people can be accused of being too sweet sometimes. Yeah, because I kind of like my Twilight Zone to have a bit of a it doesn't have a twist in it, but I need, I need a punch to it. A dark undertone there somewhere, a bit. Kind of, yeah. I don't know if there's a dark undertone to it in that no, one. No, no, there wasn't at all. There's, there's nothing. It, it's, it's just like, it's a lovely story. Do you mean that that's uh, it's it's just, nice it's, story, it's, it's nice. nice sort of like sweet story, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last one is The Terror at 30,000 Feet, John Lithgow with a Gremlin on the Wing. That's the one that's directed by George Miller. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is fucking fantastic uh, that, you that see, is definitely the standout one of the, the entire series have I'm, you I'm seen the original one with William Shatner seen the original one I've seen that one and I've also seen the new one they've done with um, oh, George Steele but it wasn't John Bingham it might be possibly Adam Scott playing oh, the right, okay I didn't know they'd done it again well yeah they've done it again in the, the most recent Twilight Zone that was like Jordan Peele producing and he was the narrator of it as well um, I think it might be the guy from Parks and Rec on it I might, I'm maybe totally guessing on that but um, I'm just checking this now for you. But I, I, I didn't. 
There wasn't too many. I don't. I mean, I might be totally wrong, but there wasn't too many they copied from the the old one into yeah. the new. But that was definitely one that they did. Sort I of. guess that is. I would say that's probably Twilight Zone. That's that's most people's association. Maybe that's like the that is maybe the most famous one, perhaps. Yeah, it was Adam Scott. Adam Scott. He was playing like the. Oh, I mean. I, I need to dig this out now and watch this one. It's good. Oh. It's actually, it's on, I don't know where the camera was. I saw, I think it was on Sci-Fi channel when it was on, but it's worth watching. I really, there's some really good ideas. Like the one with, um, uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Uh, Tim Roth. Camille Ninjani. Right, right. He plays a comedian. And if you incorporate someone into the joke, they become a raised out of existence. Oh, that's... Um... Very odd. That's dark as well, isn't it? That's, that's, yeah, that's really dark. Yeah. Did you like? Did you like the wee skit at the start with Dan Aykroyd as we well? The start, we skit at the end was good and yeah. enjoyed that. Um, yeah. You can see it's Dan Aykroyd at he's sort of like Dan Aykroydian best. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. I was very. It was a nice way to spend a Sunday evening. So I sat and watched. A Sunday afternoon because Joe was sleeping. Yeah. Um, we were busy and I sat and watched the Twilight Zone. So I was quite content doing that. I do like, uh, I'm a big fan of anthology movies, like creep show stuff like that. I just like that wee 20 minute, do you know what I mean? It's like you just yeah. hold your attention for 20 minutes and then boom, you're on to the next one. So you never get antsy and bored. I do like that no. format a lot. I think it's a great format. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's what I watched this week. It's not, we're not, not talking about length. Um, what have you watched this week, Colin, you want to talk about? Um, so I've, I've been doing my usual Barry um, episodic, so I've cut up with that. Um, fucking weird show man it just goes places like yeah. i think i think the good thing with barry is because it's bill haders but it's pretty much he, he can do what he wants with it yeah I think, I, think so, I, I think he does he's no he'll just you know he swings for the fences all over the place if he, if he wants to have a fun episode they'll do it if he wants to have you know a batshit crazy one he'll do it do you know what i mean and it, it'll just kind of move it around um and and it works in a weird way um but the last two have taken a really really like a good weird turn like to Without any spoilers, me and Lorraine were watching it, and I was convinced this is a dream sequence. Yeah. Until it got to the end, and I was like, "This isn't a dream sequence. This yeah. is this is where he's taking it," and and it uh, followed up with that as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, no, he, he's, he's fucking went there with it. Do you know what I mean? But in such a good way, because he's like, "Well, you know what? What a crazy thing to do." Question: um, Is Barry all written and filmed already? I think yeah, this is the final season. The, the, no, if it's all been done, if it's not been if it's not been written and finalised, then they won't get it finished. Oh, because it's no, it's it's done. Um, the, the, done. The, 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 it's filmed it. Yeah, it's it's completely in the can, done, dusted, cool. no more barrier Fine. again. Uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, catching up on that as well. Um, that's concluding kind of nicely as well. It's, it's a bit predictable at times, but you can see where that's kind of heading to as well. You yeah. know, it's kind of flash forwards, flashbacks. It's a lot of kind of jumping back and forward and stuff like that. Um, that that's been nice. And uh, last night, um, I watched two episodes of a show called Fleischman is in Trouble. I've heard nothing but great things about this, and I keep meaning to watch it. Is it? Are you going to tell me it's not as great as people have been telling it's, me? No, it, it, I'm enjoying it, but it, it, it's really weird. So it's uh, this yeah. is Jesse Eisenberg. Um, plays a man who's recently divorced and it it's just like a kind of study of you know what it does to people mentally i guess yeah um you know it's quite kind of dark um so it's billed as a comedy drama um the first episode had some laughs in it but 
the second one, it's it's just it's drama, you know. It's it very of, maybe a really dark dark comedy. Like no, like, it's, it's, it's there, there's a few kind of jokes in there as you would expect, just you know, kind of good writing. But no, it's it's a serious fucking drama. That, you know, yeah. that, that's kind of tackling hard issues. Um, but the the cast is really good, and Eisenberg um is is good. Very kind of gives me a Woody Allen vibe in this. I think uh, that is what Jesse Eisenberg has been channeling for the past. 15 years as a, as a Woody Allen. He, he was in yeah. a couple of Woody Allen films as well, remember? He like yeah. in a few. So, you know, he's definitely got that Woody Allen, let's call it, neurosis. Yeah, it's that, that neurosis. neurosis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Got that. yeah definitely. Um, standout in this so far has been um, Lizzie Kaplan. Kaplan, love Lizzie Kaplan. She's great in it as well. She's yeah. a dead, dead natural actress. And, uh, really got the, I don't think she's ever got the stardom she's her talents deserved. Like she was yeah. in that, she was in, she'd done the sequel to Now You See Me, remember? That's right, yeah. She replaced Isla Fisher. That. Yeah, yeah. And, she, and she, never, she never really took off. Like she didn't, I think she's been in, she's been very good in Lizzie Kaplan. Never seen her in a bad thing yet. But she's never really made that like sort of step into sort of like like leading lady top role type thing. Yeah, yeah, no, totally agree. And uh, Claire Danes as well, isn't it? Um, which but, is always nice to see Claire Danes. Um, Claire Danes is just one of those, you know, she, she knows her craft well and, you know, she just yes. never disappointed with Claire Danes. Um, so interesting. So see, we're only kind of two in so far. Um, first one, you know, thought this is quite a kind of raunchy kind of comedy kind of thing and then yeah. the second one I'm like no it's, it's, it's fucking not <laughs> so we'll see we'll see where this takes me and then just before I started podcasting with you tonight um, I watched an episode of History of the World Part 2 I am sort of scared to watch this have you seen History of the World yes right, I've, I've seen that film more times than, than it's probably healthy to watch it yeah um, it's loads a and funny, loads. Funny, funny film. Very, very funny film. This is weird. So I've only watched one episode to to, right. to give it, you know, its kind of place. So it's the fucking thirty minutes. I mean, so I, I'm not going to judge it on that. But it five skits it covered in the first episode really, really hit and miss. A few chuckles in there too. I mean, I did laugh at a few, yeah. and others I'm like, this is this is fucking dreadful. Um, it, it, it's just. It's all over the place tonally, do you know what I mean? It just kind of moves and stuff like that. And you can see it, it, it's Mel Brooks, you know, the, the, the kind of Jewish humour's in there. Um, and I think that's the problem is because it's Mel Brooks, it feels like it's kind of stuck back where history back world was. Um, but it's trying to move forward, so it's incorporating current events, but it still feels with high sensibility and there's nothing yeah, 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 yeah. funny man like, there's yeah. no, like he knows more about comedy than, and knows more about filmmaking than like 99% of the population yeah but it maybe seems he's a bit maybe a relic of the past a little bit you know yeah, he's like definitely he's, he's, not, he's not I mean remember the last thing Mel Brooks wrote Space Balls possibly possibly it's been that... a while since he has been a, 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 like a writer of note and doing a show and doing a program and think... doing a film what the, I think the, the, the kind of likeness I can think of is, is Kevin Smith is in danger of kind of becoming a Mel Brooks where they've got their stick and they can't move on with that stick. That stick, you know, it, it doesn't transfer to a different era, possibly. I'm going to tell you, Kevin Smith would be delighted to be compared to Mel Brooks. That's all I'm telling you right but, now. But probably not for the fucking reason of saying no. Um, but it, it's, I mean, it's got a stellar cast. There's some, some fucking, you know, there's you know, every kind of third or fourth person you'll have fuck it's him it's him it's him it's her do you know what I mean so you it's just you know 
celebrities popping out at you all over the place, um, stuff like that. But yeah, it really hit and miss. I mean, I, 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 you, I love the original film. Um, we were promised, um, you know, History World Part 2, we got a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess this is it. it yeah, th- there is laughs in there. Um, I think you just got to kind of sit through some nonsense as, as well. I look, I'm looking at Mel Brooks' IMDb, which obviously is a very impressive bunch of, um, you know, films. Hmm. But he's like, he done a, he was creating a screenplay for Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, which looks like a, a very childish. Thing. I believe that to be a Sky movie, possibly. Or was it right? So he's, he hmm. somehow got a screenplay credit on that in some way. Okay. But his actual last movie that he wrote, because he's producers, but that was he he didn't write the new screenplay. He wrote the original for that, not the remake. Dracula Dead and Loving It. That was not a good film. 1995. Although 1993 was Robin Hood Men in Tights. Which is, what's your favourite Mel Brooks film? Do you have a favourite? Is it History uh, of the World uh, or? Big Fan of Young Frankenstein. Massive. Yeah, that's that. And then Hang's Eye is maybe a close second for me. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember um, my Mel Brooks because Silent uh, Movies is actually a really good film. Silent movies are really, really good really as well. Impressive film yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Spaceballs, I do like the stupidity of Spaceballs. Like, I, I, like, I have, I have not rewatched Spaceballs since I was about thirteen years old. I, don't, I feel it's a film made for a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, I don't think it ages well either. I think it does feel yeah. like it was, it was of a specific time. And if I, you watch yeah. it now, you're like, it seems a bit cheap. I and do nasty. like the I love the original producers as well. There is no producer that's fucking amazing. Springtime for yeah. Hitler, Jesus Christ. That's uh, yeah. wow. Um, you know, you know, you know what his best film ever, ever was involved in, though? What? Elephant Man. Who was he in that? He was a, this is a, a silent producer. He didn't put his name on it because he knew if he put his name on it, people would think of a comedy and wouldn't take it seriously. But he, he was one of the financial backers of um, David Lynch in the early days to lead the talent. Well, uh, I'd... Yeah. What, yeah, he, he, he was right. That one. Yeah, he was fucking right. Um, I, I love Elephant Man. Said number, you know, it's yeah, a great yeah. film as well. But yeah, History World Part Two. Um, if you like Brooks and you've got any love of the original, yeah, as I say, there are chuckles in there. You will laugh at some of it, but there are kind of bits you'll get a bit kind of cringy. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. But watch it. So it's, it's like twenty-five minutes. Do you know what I mean? It flies I past. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not it's not a chore to get through a couple of weeks, yeah. not not at all. Um, so that's been my non cinema or non movie screen watching. Yeah, the, the sort of our, our small hits. Um, well, let's move on to the main things this week. Cause there's a couple of we've actually seen. We've both seen this week. We can discuss at length this week. I was a good boy. Yeah, I, I done my homework yeah. for once. <laughs> so let's start with one that was in the cinema quite recently and has now found its way to Amazon Prime. Um, mm. I didn't see it in the cinema. Um, I wanted to see it in the cinema, but just didn't get a chance mm. to. Another film called Air. Which is directed by our boy Benji or Ben Affleck, as he's known to, like more more affectionately to people. You know, his, his actual his actual um, film credit. Um, as a director, he's done he's done very good body of work. He's done Argo, obviously was excellent. The Town was excellent as well. Gone Baby Gone was excellent. Live by Night, maybe not so great, but he's had fairly decent success so far. Um, won a Best Picture Oscar for Argo. Yep. You know, so yep. um, and he's got his oh, acting credits or. Yeah, for all so enough as well, as well yeah, yeah. man's done some work. Um, the plot of this one very simple. It's about basically Nike are the underdog in this film, yeah. where they are uh, the, the third biggest like basketball manufacturer um, of shoes in the world. 
uh, yeah. behind Converse and Adidas. Adidas, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and basically the NBA draft is coming up, and at the start of the NBA draft, they always go out and they try and woo the potential young starlets. The same with them, where they're, to where they're here. endorse their product, yeah, yeah. So, Nike has not got a lot of money, so they're basically going to go after a few random low draft picks. Yeah. Um, but the main man uh, played in this film um, decides they're going to go for the big kahuna. They're going to go for Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is a man who loves his Adidas, who never wear anything but Adidas. Yeah. So they have to not only, they mainly don't have to actually woo him, they've got to try and woo the mother. That's the big part go of the Yeah, they've got to go through the but parents to get, parents to, to get, to get them, which apparently is a big no-no in the industry for some reason. It's like you don't you do not do that, you don't go through the parents, you always go through the, the kind of agents. And, you go through the agents, that, that's the big yeah. you, don't, don't, don't go down there, you go through yeah, the agents. Yeah, that's like really behalf. bad practice, and no, you don't, yeah. don't ever do that. Yeah. So. Essentially, it's um, Creating the Air Jordan shoe that everyone knows is iconic, and it's them trying to put us together and try and, and try and woo Michael Jordan to come be the icon that he will eventually be. Yeah. In the film, you got Matt Damon. He plays the sort of main. What's I'm trying to think? Main sort of guy who sort of goes out and sort of lures the, the man. Kind of ideas, man. Ideas, yeah. man. You get Ben Affleck playing the um, the head of Nike. Yep. Whose name I can't remember, but I know his son is the director. Somebody of Hughes, maybe, or something. Oh, it's not Hughes. Yeah. I only know because his son's now as uh, a director. He directed Bumblebee and Coraline. Oh, right. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. Going to two strings as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you also get Jason Bateman, who's basically Matt Damon's right-hand man. Yep. Um, you also get Viola Davis. She plays the mother of Michael Jordan. Yep. Uh, Jay Moore plays like sort of Michael Jordan's very angry agent. Um, nicely to see Chris Tucker was back in this as another member of the Knight family. Yeah, yeah. Chris Tucker yeah. turns up as, a, as an assistant as well. He's like kind yeah. of kind of salesman almost salesman yeah, yeah for Nike yeah. and you get Marlon Wayans plays like the American basketball national coach yeah yeah who yeah yeah, yeah he, played, he popped up briefly he was good in it as well wasn't yeah, he? so yeah so what do you think of this one Colsey I'm not a sport person so I've, I've not yeah. a lot of interest in any type of sport at all mm-hmm. um, you know you like kind of hockey you can watch football you understand, you understand sport I, I don't I understand and sport more than you do yes. to me it's just you know I'd, I'd rather fucking you know paint my nails and watch football um you know yeah. that kind of thing um that this was delightful <laughs> yeah it's got a lot of charm to it hasn't it yeah and i think part of it is it's it's seeing damon and affleck on screen together it is there's, there's a magic there when you see two of them um it is I you know there's some there's just that chemistry they've sort of worked together for a long time they know each other sort of got that natural and it just comes across you know it does that does that and electricity when when you yeah. see them spitting dialogue, you're them both on screen at the same time. It's nice, yeah, definitely. Um, but but the, all the cast in this were great. Um, Chris Tucker, who you mentioned, was outstanding. Um, he was excellent. I thought he was brilliant. It was, it was great to see Chris Tucker back, but he wasn't really playing a Chris Tucker role. He wasn't like yeah. doing a loud thing. But he was still yeah. had that energy. Yeah, he was animated. Yeah, but he wasn't. You know, Chris Tucker can be shouty. Um, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't Rush Hour Chris Tucker. Yeah, definitely not. It, it yeah. was it was lovely to see him. Uh, the fella that designed the shoes as well. Always like him. I like him as well. Yeah. I can't remember his name. He's the guy that's in um, our flag means death and stuff like that as well. Yeah. He, he's always great as well. He's got a kind of weird lisp and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed him. And as well, Will Davis was great. Um, was it her husband playing her husband as well? In it, I believe. Um, yeah, I generally don't know. Yeah, so the, the fella playing the dad was is Viola Davis's husband in real life as well. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so they had a nice week chemistry, but everyone had their kind of moments. Um, th- th- there was, I mean, it's predictable as hell. Um, you know, th- th- there's no, you, but I guess you know, 
what happens anyway because of the success in Ike and Air Jordans and stuff like that. So the, you know, it was predictable and you kind of, everything that happened, it, you know, it, it kind of hit every beat, every trope and stuff like that when it was meant to. But I yeah. don't think it made it a bad film for that. Um, no, it, it plays like a sports movie. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you probably one of the few people who might watch this not knowing a lot of the story. Yeah. Whereas yeah. most people who do watch it will know where, and obviously you knew he does make the Air Jordan. You knew that mm. part of it. You know, we all know where this ends. You know, it's, it's sort of what it did do a good job of. And I think it's, it, it is impressive in itself is it makes Nike out to be an underdog. Which they were fucking not. Which are, they're a multi-billion pound company. Yeah. And even people even say that, like, um, the athletes kind of says that in the film. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, um, they were smaller in terms of, like, the, the basketball market to Adidas, but they didn't mention the fact that Everybody who went jogging wore Nikes. Yeah. You know, yeah, that totally, kind of thing. Totally. Um, um, also compared, think that, to me, I compared to like, see Ford versus Ferrari when they made yeah. like Ford the underdog. And it's like, yeah. the Ford Motor Company is not an underdog. Yeah, it's not like, you know, the guy with his own bakery shop, you know what I mean? Fucking no. up against Greg's, you know, this no, is not, not this story, no, you know. No, it's, no. it's not, I, I think, I think they kind of reading into, I read a wee bit about it as so well. I think they, they did, play a bit fast and loose with the truth as well um, obviously yeah, they've, they've got true. to um interestingly um Lorraine didn't want to watch it because she was like why would I want to watch a film about a company that you know thrives in child labour and, and you know has made their mouths for that and I'm like oh fucking hell I mean, it's a fair point yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but point, yeah. I was like fuck me you know like oof moral high ground for that one and yeah look fuck <laughs> so that, that I mean, was... there's a, a proof that like I said they're not some underdog company who you know who do all the good things they're a massive conglomerate who have done some horrible things to, and they've as yeah, much yeah. as they've got Michael Jordan's made a lot of money out of them and Michael Jordan's done very well from them, they've also fucked over a lot of people in the, oh, yeah. in the, in the past as well. So, um, yeah. But from a purely sort of like just watching a film, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the way they passed it out. It goes yeah. on at a decent pace. Yeah. There's enough of a drama about it to make you kind of interest and a lot enough in the dialogue's witty and the sort of the... Yeah. Everyone who's in it is very good at their job so they all can work with each other and they all... Yeah. The natural chemistry seems to come across. Um, Bateman was less Batemany, I thought, than normal. Still charming. Bateman's got that 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 yeah. charm. Yeah, that, it, he has a couple of dark moments in it when he's talking about his wife and his kids yeah, and stuff. Like that. He's really yeah, got, you know, yeah. boiled down to something. So, yeah. it's. I don't know if I, I don't know if I loved it in the cinema. I think in the cinema might have been a bit kind of like, it's maybe a bit of a stretch at two hours, you know, watching this in the cinema. But yeah. at home streaming on my couch. It was a perfectly passable Friday night watching. Absolutely. Um, what I did really, really enjoy about it is I'm a wee bit older than you, so the 80s was my time. Yes. And, you know, every 80s reference, it was, I was just like, remember that, remember that. And it was just yeah. like, it just flung nostalgia at me. Do you know what I mean? It was like, here, fucking, have it's all the nostalgia. In that sense, because it has yeah. nothing but, it just throws as much like 80s, sort of like, because the 80s are in again, so it's like, they're just going to, you know, with Stranger Things and stuff like that. So, yeah. They're showing you Hulk Hogan, they're showing you Rocky, they're showing you, you yeah, know, yeah. all the 80s movies and stuff like that. 80s stuff on Night Riders, yeah. everything, just, I pretty much every tick box for the 80s, they, they just flung at you, but in... Soundtrack and, as well, very 80s orientated as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a good soundtrack, it's always, um, you know, opens up the dire straits, you're like, oh, here we go. Um, well, the big, yeah. big country in it, that was, that was a very big surprise. Totally, yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> And then, um, uh, um, you, know, you were big country really that big in the 80s? 
They were that actually, song, yeah, they, they, they kind of had a, they had their moment, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you know, that well, song's they, a big song, I take it. Yeah, that that was a huge song. I think Simple Minds kind of helped as well because they were Scottish. I think there was this whole kind of big eighties kind of Scottish thing as well. Scottish revival thing in America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Playing as well in eighties as well. Yeah, yeah. So there was definitely that. But no, I, I enjoyed this so much more than I thought I was going to. Um, Indeed, yeah, yeah. I was totally kind of swept away in it, and I was like, shit, this. But I think that the writing, as you say, is the the, the dialogue is really snappy and it's really really well written and they, they, they all kind of work well together they're all comfortable with yeah. each other you can see that um and they're all fucking likable people every, every you know everyone that they've cast in that is which maybe is what everyone wanted the people who play the real people maybe that's what they wanted because i think the reality might be very different from that yeah 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 so totally, totally. if i were to read the book on it i would probably be a bit more like oh people are not nice you know also like the uh People are losing their shit over this, but they, they never had Michael Jordan in it or showed the actor playing Michael Jordan. On yeah. It's not the fucking point of the film. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, you don't need but, to yeah. see Michael. We know who he is. You don't need to see him to move the film. The story isn't, isn't really about Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's about sort of the creation. Because even talk about it in the film, like the Michael Jordan that we now know isn't the Michael Jordan then. They, 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 a, the Michael Jordan still has to be created. Yeah. He was yeah. still just Michael Jordan. He wasn't Michael Jordan. You yeah. know, he wasn't the icon. Ma- he was Magic Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so no, I, I, I mean, I get it to some degree. Why? I, if they'd shown him, I could understand why they would show him as well. But I didn't. I don't think it was lacking for not having him in the film. If that makes you know. I don't no, think it was not in the slightest. I think it was a no. smart move. I think it was like let, let's not you know make that the focus Let, let's not have people fucking looking out for him you know let's just take him out of the equation yeah um thought i thought that was like um i was going to say something else i've lost my train of thought on it oh come back to me in a wee second don't worry we'll, we'll... out of 10 out of 10 solid 7 out of 10 for me i would in agreement with you a 7 out of 10 for myself as well yeah yeah um, so yeah. much I, more I enjoyed than I it. I... I think most of it was bullshit. If I was to read up properly, I'd probably find that most of it was bullshit. Um, but for what it was, I enjoyed it. Also, we'd be kind of research a wee bit um, about his dad and stuff like that, which I, I, I didn't know anything about. Did he killed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was kind of reading that and I was like, oh, shit. That's what I was going to say. Um, you'd be proud of me, sir. The amount of names that I recognised through playing basketball games on the Mega Drive in the 80s was yes. nuts. Larry Bird, I know, Patrick Ewan, and all these names that I fucking yeah. had, but I know, I don't like sports, and I know all these people, I was well proud of myself, I was like, That's, no way. That's how I learned ice hockey, is by Do, playing NHL 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, that is how I learned ice hockey, and it's how I learned American football as well, by just playing games yeah. to the point. Yeah, it, it's just, I just throw all these name drops, and I'm like, I, I know and all these names. It's one of the things, apparently, is why... Football or soccer has become bigger in America recently. It's not just the celebrity aspects of it now, which is some is coming into it now, but FIFA began to get big in America. Again. Right, right, okay. The kids started playing the game and then they started to recognise the players, and that's when they started recognising the brand, they started recognising the clubs, and started to want to play it. So it's amazing what, you know, in, in this country as well, it was, in, it was Madden football. And that's NHL right, yeah. 94. Even if you weren't a, an ice hockey fan, you probably still played NHL 94. Oh, yeah, I knew who Mario Lemieux was, do you know what I mean, stuff like yeah, that. I got it, that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's weird, isn't it? But it's it's true, but I am the same with basketball. I don't know much about basketball, but I, can, I know a lot about like, basketball players from like a certain yeah. era. Yeah, definitely def- utterly bizarre. But no, yeah. it really surprised me how much I enjoyed it. Um, I was not expecting to go in... I wasn't expecting a bad film, but I came out 
pleasantly surprised. Definitely an improvement on Live by Night, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, we bit Oscar Beatty, perhaps, for the... Very much an Oscar Beatty film. But yeah, I don't, I don't think, no, I don't think the Oscars are even fucking looking at it. You know, it's still a long way short of any of these, like Argo or the town or Gone Baby Gone. It's definitely still a long way short of them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But fun watch. Check it fun out. Fun watch. On to that, Colsey, we move on to one that is on Sky Cinema. It's always a worry. It's always a concern. It is. It is. Um, that's a film called Deadshot, um, also known as Borderlands. Um, mm, if you're yeah, I've see, seen that. Yeah. 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 Uh, directed by Charles and Thomas Gard, um, who done a film called The Uninvited, um, a horror film. That's quite a good horror film a few years ago. Um, the plot of this one, I'm not spoiling it, but at the very start of the film, it's basically an, an IRA member has left the IRA uh, yeah. and he's getting his wife from the house to the hospital. And he basically stops because he's a, set in the 1970s belt in 1970s Northern Ireland. Yep. Um, there's a British patrol coming towards him, but his wife tells him to get out of the patrol, out of the car, run away, and basically the serviceman, the, the British squaddy, hears a noise, shoots through the window, and shoots his pregnant wife dead. Yeah. Basically. It, this is within the first five minutes. First five minutes. It's pretty yeah. shocking. It's first five minutes. He then escapes to London. Um, yep. the, the squaddy also ends up in London, and their paths sort of intertwine as... They're both sort of like um, manipulated by the the powers that be. The IRA members are manipulating the guy who wants to get vengeance on the squaddy, and the squaddy's getting manipulated by the um, sort of higher ups who want to use them to basically bring down sort of sleeper cells, yeah, essentially yeah. in London. But they're using the fact that he killed a pregnant woman against him a lot of yeah. time. And he's sort yeah. of a bit lost in London. Um, so it's an interesting premise, an interesting setup. Um, you've got Emil Amen plays the, the squaddy. Um, you've got Colin Morgan plays IRA member. You've also got Mark Strong being his most seedy and sort of slimy of Mark Strongness you've ever seen. Mark Strong, he, he, he does that well, doesn't he? he, can, he, can, he does. He's a man of many talents, is Mr. Strong. Good and yeah, bad. Yeah, Felicity, yeah, Felicity Jones pops up in a very small role, which was a quite yeah. interesting for her. Uh, Sophia Brown as well, and Tom Von and Lola. Also, um, do you know the girl that played the, the, the wife that got shot at the Was the girl from Extraordinary? Extraordinary, yeah. Was yes. like, I know her. Yeah, that well, was nice to see her. Oh, the girl from Extraordinary in this. Oh, no, yeah. she's no longer no. in this. <laughs> <laughs> she was in it. She, 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 she had, like, in IMDb, she had third villain, but only because she was, like, the third person seen on screen or something like yeah. that. So, all the time, you got the third villain in the car. Her, um, her, her life went very quickly. Yeah. Um, I'll start on this one, Colby. This, I would argue, I think, number one, we'll make a point of, like, is it disturbing how easily Glasgow doubled for 70s London and 70s Belfast? Yeah, so this whole thing was filmed in Glasgow and Edinburgh, wasn't it? It was... That's a bit shot next to our work. Yeah, the the, the, the and stuff scene, like that. The chase scene as well was shot like, on the roads. We walk up to go to the cinema. The yeah, yeah. no, nope, caught that. Yeah, because like, I was looking, I was like, that's familiar. And all the room, like, that's familiar, that's familiar. Um, obviously, there's bits of Edinburgh, which I'm not so familiar with. But yeah, yeah it's... Like, Glasgow. I don't remember this being filmed. I do remember a few months ago, or, or years ago, whenever it was, there was kind of vans, parts kind of round from the workouts where the woods and stuff is, but I don't know if that's what it was. No, mm-hmm. I don't know this was, because um, this was when me and Jill last year went and seen the Mezingers in Glasgow. Right. Because the Barlands was, was filming at the Barlands that night, we couldn't park on a normal bit. Ah, so the fuckers disrupted your night. Did still like the band, still quite happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just interesting. Like, oh shit, it's all filmed in Glasgow. Yeah. Was, I don't really notice it was it was screen Scotland. I'm going, oh, that's weird, screen Scotland. But then yeah. they filmed it on Ireland, and I thought I looked and went, oh no, they filmed it on Glasgow, which which is weird because is it not 
desire not give better tax breaks in, in the UK for films, which I thought was strange. It's not a choice. Maybe you do, but if you've got screen Scotland, it looks pretty bad if you're screen Scotland and you send all your jobs overseas. To, to Ireland, I guess, well, I guess yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah, it was weird seeing, like, yeah, but you land, no, that building, that's what. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's more like, it didn't have to do that much. All of them put, like, a, 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 a sort of, like, an old-looking car on the street, and it was like, this is now London yeah. 70s, like, when, Nothing else can you do? No, that's it. That's all no, we need to no, do. No, no, just burn out the car. Fuck off, anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say this is, I'd probably say marginally better than most of the Sky Originals. Like, I enjoyed it more than I've enjoyed pretty much all of them, I would say. Because, um, I mean, their, their, their hit ratio is, is low. It's, it's, oh, they're, they're, they're fucking, yeah, like, like oof, 99% miss, I would say. Yeah, so, there's a lot of stuff in this, I, I, I quite enjoyed um it does fall into tropes and stereotypes and mm. you know it doesn't it doesn't everything that happens you can almost see coming quite a bit away you don't it's nothing really that um sort of surprising but there's a fair bit of tension in how you get to that point i would say for the most part um what was hard with it though was no one in it is particularly likable that that that's kind of where I was going to go with. So I'll, I'll kind of rather be just kind of you know because I, I didn't like it at all. And okay. it, it was for that I just thought these every character in this is just a horrible unlikable person. That, that yeah. I, I have no investment in any. They they could all you know get fucking that, swallowed think, up and I'd be up. Cool. That thing was the big problem for me when I was watching it as well. Like I need I don't necessarily need something to root for, but I need to feel a conclusion at the end of it that I feel yet like justice has been done or it feels like it's reached a a, a narrative finality. I get um, a good person doing bad things. I, I can get behind that, but these are bad people doing bad things. Bad things, yeah. You, you're, like, you're just a horrible person. You don't deserve... Yeah. There's no redemption, you know. There's no there's no path to fucking you know, righteousness for you. You're just bad. Yeah. The Felicity Jones character seemed an interesting character, but that... But she's on it in it so minimally that they didn't really use her. What yeah. I think is interesting, this was supposed to be getting filmed before the lockdown, right? Okay. And when they were doing that, they had uh, John Boyega and Jamie Dornan in the leads. Yeah, and you can you can almost see that. It's, it's almost yeah. sort of shit. We can't, who who can we get that almost is them? Uh, yeah. And yeah. Woody Turner Smith playing um, the sisters role in it. So right. they did, yeah, I think a stronger cast. Yeah, for sure. Pulled it off. I mean, I'm not saying the cast went bad. No one's bad in it. Um, I thought the um, lead boy was a bit hammy at the time, a bit wooden, a bit stiff. Who? The lead, uh, lead boy, the soldier boy, I thought he was a bit. So. Yeah, I wasn't was convinced by him. No, no, I, I, I didn't okay, feel him at all. Um, yeah. It does feel very much curtailed by a budget. Yeah. Oh shit! Yes, yeah. Like it does feel yeah. very um, like a bit TV movieish at times. And yeah. I don't know if this was shot under COVID conditions because this is supposed to be like a busy London of the 1970s, and it doesn't feel as very feel. busy, does it? There's like somebody in the background, like a like hundred feet away, and that's the only person on the street. <laughs> I feel, I feel like there more people uh, in central London. Like they, they kind of bomb at a train station. There's like six people, you know. You're like, uh, oh, it's like, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's a London train station. Sure, there's busier than that. Um, you know. Yeah, but, so felt, yeah, no, I, I got that as well. Yeah. yeah. Felt, I thought that about Dungeons and Dragons as well. It was always a film. Yeah. Where it, it, the world felt very sparse, and this felt a very sparse world. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's. I think the original cast might have garnered more of a budget and possibly maybe they allowed it to be a sort of bigger, more expansive film and maybe mm. and even not even, exp- not even expansive in the sense of like make it bigger, just make it feel more believable, more more lived in. This mm-hmm. didn't Definitely. This felt very small and 
for a TV movie, essentially what it is, is a t- Sky Cinema is a TV movie, that's essentially yeah. what it is. It was passable for me. I, I was able to watch yeah. it, yeah. but I wouldn't say I enjoyed a lot of it. It's it, it's it's a decent story, but like I said, because there's no act of redemption, there's there's no sort of I, I could not root for anyone in the film to, to like yeah. succeed at what their, their what their path was, and yeah. I just it there's a real bleakness to it, and a real kind of all the way through, dude. Yeah, yeah you know, you you just you kind of want everyone to get their commitments. That's what it is, you know, and. When you're like that, then no one's, you know, the, the, no one's going There's to win. There's lost there because you're going like, I don't really care if you live or die here, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, because you're fucking nasty. And also, uh, elephant in the room, um, the dog scene. Why? Entirely Why? unnecessary. Like, that was just nasty. That, that yeah. was like, that was, but look, fuck it off, don't. That, that kind of, I was like, I didn't get it at first. I just seen him kind of walking away. And then I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, why would you do that? You know, that does that does not progress the story in any way at all. You know yeah. that character didn't have enough screen time to, to warrant why he would do something like that. It's yeah. just like fucking hell. Um, strange, strange film. I just no, it, it made me feel horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it, it made me. Feel, it wasn't a happy watch after I watched yeah. it. Felt a wee bit, yeah. feel a bit creamy. I think yeah. I, I think I watched that and I watched Twilight Zone just to sort of freshen myself <laughs> up, like palate cleanse myself, just to get out of the mood. Yeah, because I think I yeah. watched Air after I watched that and then Air straight after, and I was like. You know, look, look, equilibrium was balanced after that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, out of ten, three for me, sir. I give it a six because I've done what it tried Ooh. to do, but I, I wasn't overly like loving it to be honest. Oh, it was, you're so generous with your scores, Mister Lord. Yeah, I'm not. I, like, it's not a terrible film. I've seen worse films. I've seen worse films probably in the last two weeks, to be honest. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen, I've seen a lot worse. Um, on from this one, we move on to one only I've seen. You've not seen it, but. I, I think you would want to see Colin. I hope you can find it at some point. Yeah. That is still um, a Michael J. Fox movie, um, which is on Apple Plus. Um, mm. It's directed by Davis Guggenheim, who did a film uh, called Waiting for Superman, all about the American uh, education system, which is a very bleak, traumatic watch, to be honest. Um, was also involved in Inconvenience Truth and Summer, for, Summer of Soul and Boys State as well. So he's, he's, uh, he's done some really interesting documentaries. I believe he's married to Elizabeth Shue. Oh, okay, cool. Which I think is the reason why maybe in this film you find there's a good relationship between him and Michael J. Fox because she was in... Uh, Doc Hollywood? Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah. yeah. Two cool. and three. So course, yeah, yeah. Kind of, maybe they've known each other for a while. So it, anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, <coughs> essentially, this film, it's Michael J. Fox basically is... Sort of, it's a biography of Michael J. Fox, mm. um, which he's very much the centre of, and it's just telling his life from being a young boy in Canada to him going to America and getting into um, TV work, um, and then basically the the stardom that beckoned from one film, um, and then obviously he built upon that with several other massive films. And it, anyway, we'll get into it anyway. So the only, the only person you really hear talking in it is Michael J. Fox, apart from like sort of archival footage. Okay. He's only person that's, he's, and his wife, sorry, and kids are in it as well. Um, but mainly it's Michael J. Fox doing the, the talks to camera, and it's him reading his like excerpts of his book at times, okay. and also interview footage um, as he's sort of like sort of breaking down his life um, over a, um, over a series of time. Um, so it kind of starts, and it does a lot of different things because it starts with like it has talking heads of Michael J. Fox. It has sort of recreations of moments in his life that there was no cameras rolling. You know, for example, like when he first notices his, his um, Parkinson's coming on, he's a trembling mm. pinky, he first mm. noticed. And also, 
they did a really good thing of like when he's having moments they intercut with footage of him in other films to create a narrative. So if he's okay. talking about running somewhere, or suddenly cut to a scene when he's talking about running in a movie, and it'll sort of it'll link into what he's talking about, and it just sort That's of quite nice. Yeah, it was very well done. I really enjoyed yeah. that. It really brought a kind of real um, activeness to it, and a real kind of like energy to it, which is really good. But um, main point is it's a very charming documentary because. Michael J. Fox seems like somebody you want to spend time with. He seems like a genuinely yeah. interesting and funny guy, and an, and a sort of a guy you'd want to talk to, um, and a guy who you feel like you you would be quite happy spend time and company with. Um, and but what it does do in terms of like sort of the story of his life, you get the idea that he was this like sort of misfit kid in Canada. He, he like he talks about the fact like you know he was the oldest born, and by the time he got and his youngest sister was like four years younger than him. But the time they get to, like, she, he's eight and she's four, and she's the same height as him. Mm. You know, and it, you mm. see, it's so freaky. You see pictures of him, like, all the way through high school, and he's on, like, the ice hockey team. And there's a guy, he's like, what, it's, like it's like when he's 17, and there's, like, a kid next to him who's got a full, fuck, almost like a beard and everything. Michael and J. Fox like, is Michael J. Fox. Yeah. A little tiny boy. You know, like, it's, it's almost reminding me of a bit of being almost famous. Yeah. When you find out he skipped, like, grades in school, and that's why he looks so young and getting to all his classmates. It felt yeah. like that. Going, it's something happened. It's so odd looking at him to get, you know, and stuff like that. But what it does, and talking about like him going to Canada, him going to America, and like sort of trying to, you know, doing all the TV roles, and then eventually getting a big break um, with Family Ties. How close he was to go back, going back home, basically because of how close he was to not making it big. He oh. had been, he had been in America for like three years before he was like sort of on Family Ties. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize this because I was too young for it. I just. Um, like I was born in 85 and Back to the Future was out in 85, but it's kind of, watching it, it's hard to understand how big Michael J. Fox was. Oh, no, he was, yeah. It's Obviously like, I was there and, yeah. Was it's freaking... superstardom. It's like the DiCaprio levels of like when he was in Titanic. Yeah. It's like sort of, it's that. It's, you know, it's One Direction levels of like... It, it, it became the face of Pepsi, that's it. That's, oh. you know, that's as fucking big as you get. You know, when you're yeah. Pepsi... That's you, you fucking made it. You know, you've arrived. We talk at one yeah. point, he goes to a newspaper stand at one point, like, you know, in all the magazines, he said, and I was on the front cover of like 80% of the magazines. Yeah. And he followed up, like, Back to the Future was followed up by like Teen Wolf and like Secret by Success and stuff like that. He just, yep. it was like hit after hit after hit for a bit. Hollywood, maybe, everything, but, yeah, yeah. Like, I couldn't maybe, what, maybe 10 years, it was just nothing but success. And, yeah. And also, America got to love him because of family ties. He was a guy in the room, and people fell in love with that character more than the, There's some people who identify him more as Alex Keaton than they yeah. do as um, Marty McFly. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where they first fell in love with him. That's where they first got to know him, and that's what. So, he's really interesting. I've, I've never seen really seen family ties, and to me, he's always Marty McFly. But there will be. A, I don't know if you. I, I remember. I used, to, I used to watch family ties, yeah. yeah. I, had he, a cr- I, I, I had a crush on his sister, was it? I can imagine that, yeah. Was it Justin uh, Bateman who played the sister? Yes, it was. Yeah, who is your boy Bateman's yeah. sister as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he also married his co-star in Family Ties. The girl who falls for in Family Ties. Oh, did he? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're still married this day. Oh, that, that's the sweet. But um, d- how does it deal... So, I, I don't want to kind of take it on. I know this is not what this... But how does it deal with illness? Does it... I mean, it's up front. He doesn't hide it in any way. It's yeah. not. It's not. It, it, he talks about it quite very openly about how um, he was, you know, taking pills to try and control the trembles, and then 
it's really weird because he, he discovered it. He was like 29 when he got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 29, that's like fucking, t- that's insane. Early, early on. Early, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he had it on Spin City. And I loved Spin City when I was, mm. you know, young. I used to watch it all the time. And he, the, he think, I mean, what he said was it used to only, like, sort of come in on his left hand. It was a tremble in his left hand. Uh-huh. And that's what, and that's what, it, and he take pills for it and stuff like that. But the pills only last so long. So he could be shooting a scene and he could feel the tremble coming on. So he'd always have to do something with his left hand to make sure that it wasn't showing his trembling. Right. And, and now I'm, I'm, and now I'm I was watching like YouTube clips of Spin City and he's always doing something with his hand. Like kind of holding, picking up. Holding moves. something. Yeah. something in his yeah. pocket. He's, he's always got it somewhere else. And it's like, oh, so it, like, you can see him trying to cover it up. Now well, he, he didn't know at the time, but when you're watching, now you can see what he's doing. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, I, but, I mean, obviously, I've kind of read interviews and stuff when, when he kind of talks about it. And he's just, he's a fighter. He's a survivor. You know, he, he's yeah. not bound down to this. You know, he's like, no, fuck, you know, this won't define me. Um, no. I don't know if that if the documentary kind of touches on that. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's that definitely, you know, like, you, you have got this fucking, you know, yeah. debilitating crippling disease, but, you know, I'll be fucked if it's going to let me. Yeah. And it's just, I, I love my bits for that, you know, just that, that fucking well, spirit. Yeah, because one of the things people love about him, particularly on Family Ties, and in fact, all his comedy stuff, his delivery is so sharp. Yeah. He knows comedy timing like the best comedian. Like he's got Buster Keaton esque comedy timing. Yeah. And now the most frustrating thing he's got now in life is somebody says something and he's got a joke in his brain and he wants to say it because he wants mm. to get it out. And it takes him 30 seconds to get out and that timing is now off. It's yeah. That's the thing he said it's frustrating him the most that he hasn't got that and he can't act now because he hasn't quite got that he hasn't got that timing to hit the mark he wants to hit as yeah. an actor. Yeah. He, and that's what he says well the facial expression said it used to be quite animated and it became yeah. really quite stoic. Yeah. You're becoming become a better actor because it wasn't it was the pills. The pills made him less facially able to able to react to things. So it, you know, so yeah. he became a better actor by getting the disease for a while because yeah. it was having an effect on him. I've seen him doing interviews as well where he, he uses it to, to, to a humorous effect as well, Dylan. You know I mean, he's, he's not scared to, to joke about it and, no. do you know what I mean, kind of share tales and stuff like that. And, and, you know, he's like, no, you know, fuck it, you know, you know let, let's talk about it. And, you know, is it, you know, here's, you know, it's funny, this happened, that happened, you know, and that, that that's brave it's as well. It's a great yeah. clip from Cub Your Enthusiasm. Um, is it Larry? What's his name, Larry? Oh, oh shit, the bad Larry. We'll, we'll call him. David, uh, Larry David. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. Okay, cool. No, Larry David, and it's like like Michael J. It's always Michael J. Fox playing Michael J. Fox. All real people in that. Mm. And Michael J. Fox hands him a bottle of coke, and he opens it and explodes over him. Yeah. And it's like, like it's like I always like Michael J. Fox must have been okay with doing it because it's always yeah. like, talk about. It. It's like the, the, the delivery and the timing of it is oh, it's absolutely like it's it's perfect. It's so so funny. Um, yeah. the, the way they pull it off, it just, aye. He must, something, he had, like, he makes a joke of it. Yeah, something I seen him recently as well, when he was playing a doctor, I can't remember what it was, it's a TV show. He had a good wife, he's also in Scrubs as well at one point. Scrubs, yeah, that's it, where he's, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he's like, you know, I've fucking got this, let's, let's use it, do you know what I mean? And it's just so, so brave, um, do you know what I mean? It's a fucking, let's say it's a horrible, horrible thing, do you know what I mean? But to have people that are, you know, kind of fucking blazing that path and, you know, yeah. saying, it's just, it doesn't define you, do you know what I mean? It's good. No. Well, we say that the documentary doesn't, probably doesn't tell you anything you don't know already about Michael J. Fox. It does talk about some darker stuff, like him and his wife. You know, like when he was trying to film like four movies in the space of a year, and 
she's at home with the kids and she's not seeing them and stuff like that. So it does touch on the sort of darker elements of his life. Mm. Um, and it, but it doesn't tell you anything like new. I would imagine that you wouldn't know if you're a, a relative film fan. Yeah. But it's put yeah. together. Like, stuff with linking it all into other movies, that's really well done. And I thought it was excellent. And it actually brought a real vitality to it. Um, and like more than anything else, it was just nice to spend time and Michael J. Fo- with Michael J. Fox, you know, because yeah. he is he is one of these people who is he is a movie star in the highest in the highest order. Oh. He is a guy. He is like you would be starstruck seeing Michael J. Fox. You wouldn't really know how. T- yeah, totally. No, to totally. totally. To he, he's he's a superstar. You know, he's, uh-huh. he's, he's, he's he is like box office superstar. You know, like Mel Gibson and stuff like that. Michael J. Fox is in there. So, I mean, absolutely. Aye, no, something from no your childhood so well, like, and he just particularly for me, he just so identified with with. Um, mm. With Martin McFly, like, Martin McFly. Yeah. it's just yeah. you cannot see him being anything other than to me. Anything, I mean, I've loved him in other films. I love him in The Frighteners. I love him in uh, American President and and um, what's the one? What's the war? Casuals of War. I think Casual, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also love like Doc Hollywood and Secret of My Success. What's the one he plays the, the actor going after the with the cop? With James oh, Woods. Oh shit! The Hardway. The Hardway. I love. That's yeah. a great film as well. That, so yeah. he does great movies, and there's nothing yeah. but. He's always gonna be he's always gonna be Martin McFly to me and all and for all that I'll love him for it. Nah, I get it. Martin McFly or, or Teen Wolf as well. Um, possibly Teen Wolf. Never really great. bought any Teen Wolf. I never really bought it. No, no, no oh, I was a fan to be honest. Massive, massive fan when I was a kid just to watch it over and over that and at Michael J. Fox. Again, see I grew up when he was, you know, when when he broke and yeah. he became what he is. So yeah, I've got fond, fond memories of Michael J. Fox. I want to yeah. see this documentary, but I would say, man, seek it out. You can find it, like if you can rent it somewhere for a night, um eight out of ten, I would give it. It's a really it's a lovely watch. It's only an hour and forty minutes as well. Moves along at pace. You get a full kind of breadth of his life and everything about it. Um it's just it's just a really nice, well done documentary about a guy who I think we all have a lot of love for. Yeah, I've never heard him say any shit about Michael J. Fox. Nah, you you, you can't. He's, he's <laughs> a fucking good guy. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. like he's like a real fucking. I, I guess the closest you get to a real person that that's not, I guess, a real fucking person almost. Yeah. Do, do, do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, film of the week, sir. Well done, you. Film of the week. I would say that's my film of the week this week. I, I very much enjoyed that. I want to uh, see him. God damn it. That's <laughs> this week calls it. Um, next week we'll, get, well, we'll be probably we'll be about ten days before we start we record again. Um, yeah. Not really sure what we're going to watch. We're going to have Fast 10 to watch. Fast um, 10 Part 1 to watch. Part 1, apparently. So <laughs> Fast X1. So there'll be no space, like... Where do you go Exactly. Where do you fucking just drive into a burning volcano? <laughs> All I know is someone's <laughs> fucked with, someone fuck with Toretto's family and they Again, know that man's about one thing and one thing uh, only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't do it. Um, yeah, very. Um, oh, we're entertaining. We're we not watching it for the fucking plot. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the no. plot doesn't matter. We're going to see fast cars, loose women in Vin Diesel t-shirts. So that, that's what we're going to see. It started out as an undercover cop trying to uncover a DVD smuggling ring. Went <laughs> insane places now, hasn't it? <laughs> it has indeed, sir. Very, very much. Rip off with cars is turned into <laughs> fucking super spies. You know, who, who would have thought this would have been the case? But anyway, that's out next week. I think there might, there'll be other stuff on um, various Netflixes and Amazons and stuff that we'll try and seek out over the next few days to watch to talk about. And we'll probably have something fun to talk about because it'll be episode 300 and there'll be more than, more than just me and you there Colin which will be nice there, there, there will be a few special guests yes um, to be revealed just yes. on it we and see so yeah episode 300 wow um, god where do we go from there 
301, 401, I guess. <laughs> 401, yeah. <laughs> Until we've got nothing else to talk about, Colin. I'm, 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 quite, I'm quite excited about this. It is like, I'm like, fucking hell. I'm like, like I was saying last week, do you know what I mean? Like, we've taken, we've taken a whimsy and made it an, an institution. If, if, if for no one else, but us, you know, it's. it's if for no one else, it's a nice, I'm happy with the record we have of our conversations over the past, what, five years? It's, yeah, it's uh, a nice uh, record to have uh, to listen back on to. And uh, the immortalised on interweb of us talking yes. absolute nonsense, um, you yeah, know, for future generations. Of notes as well for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I look forward to, to the big catch up, sir. I do indeed. I look forward to that as well. We'll be in the Raven, back in our spiritual home. We don't back go very often now. Yeah, because it's sixty pounds for a pint of beer now. <laughs> yes, we can't afford it now. Um, but we'll be in there as well to, to, to for old times' sake to talk about movies, which we used to do. For probably the first, what, 150, 200, we've done it almost yeah, every first, week. first couple of years, yeah, we were live and on site um, with all the ambience and bumbling about in the background and technical uh, issues and everything. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to go back to that, definitely. And for, for one night only. Um, but then, call people to find us. You can find us on a number of free beers in the movie. Uh, we're on Gmail, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we are on Facebook. So, yeah, big 300. Um, Tell us your favourite scene in the movie 300. Do that for me. Go on. Entertain me that way. That would make me chuckle. I've been Colin. You've been Richard. And we have been... Three beers in a movie.